0: to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another prophetic study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege of being able to conduct Bible study. We ask you to help us that we will learn and grow as we open your word. Please be with those who hear us. Please be with us as we speak. In Jesus' name, give us wisdom and understanding, we ask. Amen. Today's study is entitled, Counterfeit Exposed. Counterfeit Exposed. Our passage for this study is Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. And it comes to us from the King James Version. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. Okay, Isaiah fourteen, twelve through 14. Here we get a little bit of insight into Lucifer's thought process, what caused him to be kicked out of heaven, and what his ultimate objective is. He wants to displace the Father in heaven, and he wishes to rule. When it comes to Bible study, There are things that we can learn directly from instruction, and there are things that we can be taught by looking at examples. Not only do we have precept and example, it's one of the key principles that we have discussed previously, but we also have good examples and bad examples. All throughout the Bible, we can look at the lives of people who did things the right way and learn instruction from that. And we can also look at people who did things the wrong way and derive instruction from that. One of the things in the Bible that is taught best from the position of bad examples is polygamy. Okay. Well, we're going to discuss another topic today that is given to us from the perspective of A flawed example a bad example a counterfeit in fact throughout the Christian world there is considerable disagreement about the validity of what many will refer to as the Trinity some people will refer to it as the Godhead that's how it's described in the Bible but the idea that the Godhead contains three persons, is not readily accepted by everyone in Christianity. There are many people who do not believe that the Holy Spirit is an actual entity of the Godhead. Most people accept that the Father is God. Some people accept that the Son is also God but a number of people who even accepting the first two things don't necessarily accept that the Holy Spirit is God. And because the Bible is written by the Holy Spirit, and as Jesus told us in John chapters 14 through 17, that the Holy Spirit, his primary focus was not to speak of himself, but was to speak of Christ, it is not surprising that the Holy Spirit does not go out of the way to clearly identify himself as a person, as as an entity. I say person, not human being, but as a person, as an individual entity. It's not that I'm suggesting that there isn't sufficient evidence in the Bible to come to that conclusion. We've gone over that in other podcasts. But again, since his focus is really on uplifting Christ by whom we get redemption, He hasn't put a lot of effort, it would appear, into ironing out his own role, because it's not himself that he's speaking of. There is a place, however, where he outlines how the Godhead works in a way that we could better understand it, and many do not catch it. In our verse that we use to start this thing out, Isaiah 14, with its companion passage of Ezekiel 28, we get to see the mind of Lucifer. We get to understand some of his thought process. And the thing that is solidified in that passage is that Lucifer, Satan, the adversary, seeks to replace the father. He seeks to replace his government. He wants to be ruler of the universe. He was kicked out of heaven for this. But Satan, as you'll look throughout the scriptures, he originates things that are evil. He sets in motion, you know, creative um, traps. His lies have a lot of originality, but he tends to present what is mostly true with slight deviation, and he tends to counterfeit things. From what we can see in the Bible, he has maintained the same hierarchies that he inherited, right? In heaven, there are clear hierarchies of angels, and Satan has maintained that within his own ranks. There's clearly some hierarchy that goes on. He was in charge of a set of angels, and within the angels there seem to be hierarchies. We see that in in the Scripture, especially in Revelations chapters 4 and 5. But the thing that I want to point out today, the counterfeit that I want to show that exposes what Satan is doing and how it relates to the Godhead is based on the previous uh, podcast, the recent podcast that was done on the beasts of Revelation 12, 13, and, f- and 17. Right In that case, it was 12, 13, and 17. We're just going to pay attention to 12 and 13 this time. In a previous podcast, we've also explained that the first beast of Revelation 13 is also known as the beast. We explained that the second beast of Revelation 13, the lamb-like beast, the two-horned beast, is also known as the false prophet. I'll link to those previous podcasts so that you have them for reference. Okay? Revelation 12 tells us that the great red dragon, which is also the devil and Satan and the serpent, he has two other compadres, and those compadres are the beast of Revelation 13, first beast, also known as the beast, also known as the great whore of Revelation 18. That great city, Babylon. And then we have the two-horned beast, the lamb-like beast, also the false prophet. Now, I want you to watch how they're aligned. And we're going to look at this primarily from Revelation 13, but this is all throughout Scripture. The beginning of Revelation 13, it says and i stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and 10 horns and upon his horns 10 crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy right so he looks like the great red dragon not necessarily red but he has the heads and the horns and the and the um and in this case he has crowns different number of crowns than than the dragon does but otherwise looks very similar. The description of the two is very, very, very close. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Pay attention to that. This beast, this leopard-like beast, which looks very much like the great red dragon, is given its power, authority, and seat by the dragon. Okay, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and the deadly wound was healed and all the world wandered after the beast. This is the antichrist beast. The leopard-like beast is the antichrist beast. This beast, which derives its power from the dragon, experiences a wound to death and that wound is healed. This beast is clearly an impersonation of the son of God. The dragon is clearly operating in a counterfeit role of the father. Okay. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? Okay, that phrase about making war with him shows up a little later, referring to Christ in Revelation 19. In fact, let's saunter over there briefly. Look at, look at what it says here, Revelation 19.11. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon the horse was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Okay? And the rest of of chapter 19 speaks about the war that is made and how folks are defeated by the Lamb. Okay? Okay? And in fact, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet are all going to array themselves against the Lamb. Now, watch this. Look at Revelation 5.13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne... And unto the Lamb forever and ever. This is talking about the Father and the Son. Okay? That's what it says in Revelation 15. Revelation 5, sorry. In Revelation 13, listen to what it says. Revelation 13, verse 4 And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Okay? You notice which two entities in the counterfeit group are being worshipped. Okay. Let's go. Now we have another beast, verse 11. We've done some of these passages before, but we're doing them from another perspective because one of the things that I'm trying to accomplish is to go through these prophecies with a specific focus each time so that it's, it can be managed Right. Otherwise, we just have to sit here for two hours and go into everything all at once, which can be overwhelming, in all fairness. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Okay, so important point here. This beast doesn't look like the other beasts, doesn't look dragon-like, right? The dragon and the leopard-like beast Bear lots of visible physical resemblance. this beast comes up and doesn't have any crowns, only has two horns, looks like a lamb or it has two horns that that are like a lamb does the Bible doesn't really say that this is this beast looks like a lamb. A lot of times we think about that, but it's a beast that comes up out of the earth and has two horns like a lamb has two horns but speaks as a dragon. So we know that this beast is connected to the other two beasts because it speaks as a dragon. But we also know, because of Revelation chapter 15, that this beast is the false prophet. As a result, it's closely intertwined with the beast, which is the leopard-like beast. So watch this now. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him in his presence and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Okay? So deadly wound healed, resurrected. It's essentially a resurrection. So the Antichrist beast suffered a deadly wound which was healed And this other beast, which speaks like a member of the dragon family, does great signs, wonders, miracles, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He exercises power. Now, mind you, it shows in verse 12 that he exercises all the same power as the beast, as the previous beast did and he does it in his presence so beast number 2 as as emphasized before beast number 2 could be running his own show he has sufficient power to run his own show but everything that he does if you look through the rest of this passage everything that beast number 2 does the false prophet the lamb like beast the two horn beast everything that he does is on behalf of the leopard like beast the antichrist beast. He operates on his behalf, but he's a separate beast. Visibly, he doesn't look the same as the other beasts, but he's in that same family by virtue of the power and the speech. Okay? He uses his power to deceive He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Remember, Revelation tells us, I am he that was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. This had a deadly wound, but now it lives. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as should not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Beast number two doesn't seek worship directly. He ensures that beast number one and anything associated with beast number one gets the worship, but he doesn't seek or ask for worship himself. And when people are worshiping beast one, they're worshiping the dragon as well. So the first two of these beasts, the great red dragon and the leopard-like beast, directly receive worship. And this lamb-like beast ensures that the leopard-like beast gets worship. Okay? He enforces, he provides the power He animates the people that operate in this kingdom. It is amazing that the Godhead, through the Holy Spirit, that inspired holy men of God to write down the words of God. It is awesome that we get a glimpse into how heaven runs by way of the counterfeit work that Satan is trying to establish. Lucifer wants to be like the Most High. He has structured his government like the Most High. Now, it's counterfeit because neither he nor any of the members are deity and it's obviously counterfeit because he is not deity and nor are the other two players in here, but he has structured it in the same way. He's the one who grants the initial power and authority and seat to the Antichrist beast, making it clear which two roles are covered there. And then this... Third beast that comes up comes up in order to magnify the Antichrist beast and to empower it after it was wounded to death. It plays a prominent role in animating the subjects of the world in Satan's kingdom he has actually instituted what he has seen in heaven in the government that he has established in an attempt to displace the Most High. And we fail to see the significance of that. And we argue constantly about the way that the Godhead is constructed or rather I should say constituted, even though we're given all of this evidence to have us in a better place, have us come to a better conclusion. I recommend that you take some time prayerfully to look carefully at chapters 12 and 13 of Revelation in conjunction with Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 and look and see if you don't recognize the parallels that clearly outline to us how Satan is trying to establish a counterfeit Godhead. And you see where he places himself in that counterfeit. Also add John chapters 14 through 17. Isaiah 14, 12 to 14 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We ask you to help us as we go through, as we've gone through this study, we pray that you'll open the eyes of many who have wondered about the Godhead, wondered which was the correct perspective to look at, wondered what the Bible taught on the subject. We ask you to help us that we will see the light that you give us in the positive messages of Scripture, and even in the negative messages of Scripture, in the good examples as well as the bad examples. Forgive us of our sins, we pray, and help us to study always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on a variety of platforms including Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and much, much more. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.